Hey Geeks, I'm here to give you a little rundown on what's happening for the month of October with Geeks Under the Influence. First up, Pours and Pasties at Strange Ways Brewing Company with our friends Burlesque Right Meow on October 11th. Then is Podoween. Live shows of Booze Clues and Smack My Pitch Up at the Dark Room in uh, Scott's Edition in Richmond, Virginia. That's free, 21 and up, and the doors are at 6 p.m. So definitely come out, check out an all-Florida man version of Booze Clues and a super spoopy episode of Smack My Pitch Up. On the 21st is our next Halloween edition of Fallout Trivia. The 24th of October is Crypt Tease with Burlesque Right Now folks at the Firehouse Theater. Then on the 25th of October is Busky Stand-Up Comedy with our buddy Carltron, the Carlton K, uh, doing the emceeing. And then the 28th of October, just a few days before Halloween, is another night of trivia with Geeks Under the Influence at Fallout. So come out to that and get your spooky on. I'm going to be in costume. You are more than welcome to do the same. And we'll see you at all our events. The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast. You won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. Gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels. Only one podcast has the guts to make even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. Welcome to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up, a podcast where we reboot, remake, reimagine, sequel, cycle, mashup, and adapt some of your favorite and least favorite TV properties and film properties. Uh, tonight, in honor of the season, <laughs> we're doing something kind of spooky. And by spooky, I mean utterly fucking hilarious. Uh, but it does have those horror tropes to it, yeah. for sure. 1989's The Burbs on this episode of Smack My Pitch Up. Here with me to help me uh, reboot, remake, reimagine that from uh, all, all the other shows on the <laughs> network, basically. Uh, what is it now? Geek Father from the Mouths of Madness and Beautiful Disasters. Yeah. Yeah. And occasional, you know, flagships. Yeah. And occasional flagship as well. We've got Fuck You, Hunter. What's up, bitches? Thank you. Yeah, this is, I think it was episode four of this podcast was, say, was the last this, time you were on. This podcast, I don't think I've done in a long fucking time, so. Well, because you've been busy taking over the rest of the network, so. <laughs> It'll understandably. Be It'll be mine. <laughs> now, speaking of the network I uh, and our flagship show, this is the first show that I've recorded since, well, last night. Yeah. When, when there was the uh, Richmond uh, Times-Dispatch Best Of uh, Gala, where they announced the winners of the best of Richmond. And how did the Geeks Under the Influence podcast do in that? Well, this is the second year that they've had a podcast category at all. All right. Uh, for all their, right. Now, last year, our regular listeners may be aware that we won second place overall, a top-voted geek and pop culture podcast in Richmond. Uh, this year, we, uh, we, we won. We won. <laughs> we got... Num- we, I like the casual. Yeah, we won, you know. It's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not something I was expecting, um, but we'll probably go into a, more of a diatribe on the next uh, Geeks Under the Influence we're, about it. We're maybe king shit of fuck mountain, but you know, it's I mean, not a maybe, big deal. I yeah, don't know. whatever. 
<laughs> no, but ultimately, I just wanted to, you know, for the next couple shows of the different podcasts, wanted to like give a shout out and a thanks to all the people that voted for us, all of our listeners, all of the panelists, everybody that's, you know, contributed to getting Geeks Under the Influence to the top spot. That's Dude, it's crazy. Fucking, it's fucking crazy. It's nuts, man. <laughs> it's four and a half years later. Like, we've got nine shows on the network and we're the be- voted best podcast in Richmond. That's so weird. And they actually gave you an actual like plaque this time. Yeah, like, it's like a, a nice wooden yeah. plaque with the thing on it. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's that so shit weird. costs at least ten dollars. At least ten bucks. The uh, printed out page for the second place. Absolutely. Now we just got to get smacked by pitch up on next year as nominated for the best podcast in Richmond. So know. we're competing against ourselves. I need to record like a wrestling like shit talking one for either Beautiful Disasters or for the Mouse. Like <laughs> you fucking, you think you got the championship, but you're going down. Like. <laughs> It yeah. ends up where just all all GY stuff is Dude, on the top. That'd be <laughs> fucking that'd crazy. Be nuts. That'd be like in the Oscars when you have like that ensemble cast and like it's like four people in the supporting acting category all in the same fucking movie. Yeah, like uh, somebody will win. Yeah, know. somebody from this movie will yeah. win. Yeah. So yeah, I wanted to give a big shout out and a thanks for that. And uh, also, I wanted to mention before we get moving forward that this is going to drop right before our. GUI's Podoween at the uh, at the dark room where we're going to be doing a live smack my pitch up of uh, where we're going to have uh, Katie from the Nerdcropolis blog on to do our smack my pitch up of uh, some spooky property that will be met- <laughs> brought up during the show. It's a secret. It's a secret. What's not a secret is following that will be Booze Clues, an all Florida man edition where we're going to have all Florida man stories and we'll all be dressed up as Florida man as well. Nice. So that's going to be a challenge. I mean, the Florida doesn't provide enough, not nearly enough know. material. It's going to uh, do it. Definitely not lousy with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where I could every day have a new article from there. So check that out. Uh, info's at gypodcast.com If you want to get info on address, all that stuff, but it's free. It's 21 and up and the doors are at uh, six for that. So moving on to our Film at hand. Yes. The Burbs. 1989, The Burbs, best known for being of the era of Tom Hanks being in comedy movies. Yeah. And being hilariously. He had that Tom Hanks voice, specifically in those movies, that kind of high pitched and that laugh. And like he used on that and what Dragnet and everything. Something big. And yeah. A little bit in big. That, that was his he does kind the, of... the yelling thing where he can yell, but it's not very loud and it's not mean. Actually, it's just... he perfected it in all the Toy Story movies because that's what Woody yes, does. Yeah. That's just what Woody does. Yeah. 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 If you want to revisit that Tom Hanks past 90, just watch any Toy Story movie. Yep. Yeah. And he absolutely does. Ah, oh, Buzz. Yeah. Every, time he, every time he gets mad at Buzz, that's exactly the voice that he makes. So I absolutely love the Burbs. I have come to appreciate it even more as I've gotten older. Yeah. And it is a lot darker for me now that I actually live in the suburbs. When you start recognizing just how much this <laughs> relates to actual suburbanites yeah. on many levels, because if you watch it through the eyes of somebody that has experienced the suburbs, you do realize just how utterly ridiculous these suburbanites are being, even though they end up correct that, that these guys are creepy weirdo murderers. They shouldn't have been correct. They should yeah. have just been overstepping and just being rumor mill in the neighborhood and just nothing else going on. There's weird motherfuckers. Yeah. Like I appreciate though that with this movie, it's kinda of on that list of those eighties movies, like Gremlins and things like that, where it's a comedy or family friendly, but it has that horror like side note to it. Like yeah. I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. You don't really get that. Now these days it's like horror comedy like that's there's no real like blend there's as, some a little as bit as much as it was with the 80s yeah. in my opinion oh for sure back when you had like nothing but trouble 
and uh, was oh it God, was it Transylvania movie. 9000 or whatever? Holy shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the Burbs was squarely in that camp where it was definitely more of a comedy than a horror, but it played itself yeah. like a horror movie. And uh, so I'm interested to see kind of how we're going to play with this here. Now, the way we do this, we will go over kind of our plot idea and then our director do our serious take on it first and kind of take turns running through our versions and then go down our remix or uh, our fun choice. All right. Which is not necessarily funny. It's just a weird take usually yeah. on the uh, on the property. So are you changing the plot at all from your version of the Burbs? Oh, yeah. Okay. But like, yeah, both both versions. Okay. So. So you're serious. Uh, how's that going to um, line up for you? Pretty much. It's going to kind of be where, you know, you've got the teenager, the Corey Feldman character. Um, in the original as pretty much the one that's kind of rousing everybody up. Like everybody else is kind of doing their own thing. He kind of gets everybody roused up about this new weird, you know, family that's moved in and telling him like, no shit's going on. And he's the one that starts everything up. So he's talking to the other neighbors and kind of gets them built up. Then he convinces them to go in into the house to investigate. And then that's our last time we're not in the house. The rest of the movie gets dark as shit okay kind of uh kind of like don't breathe oh right? wow and okay they realize that this whole family their whole thing is is they get this house they take their time and they booby trap the fuck out of it and then pretty much once you're in you're not out and once they've done what they need to do they just go and move to another area in the suburbs okay start it all over again nice. so like this whole family's thing is is to attract people to investigate and then get them in there and that's it. So, okay. Yeah. So, and pretty much from there, again, this is a darker version of the birds. Most of your main characters get taken out one by one. You know, it's not, it's, it's the teenager and then three of the neighbors. So, and you could add a few here or there, extra yeah. people that like, you know, just get taken out quickly, but it's just different levels in that house. Other people get killed. Okay. Yeah. So nice. That's kind of a fucked up version. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought when I saw the burbs. <laughs> I'm uh I'm definitely maintaining the spirit of the original burbs a right. bit, but I'm definitely doing a slightly different take on the plot a little bit. Now, this was a Joe Dante directed film at first, which he's known for being both kind of demented in his mm -hmm. humor and like dark and funny at the same time, director of Gremlins and Inner Space. So I wanted a director that could definitely do that. But we'll get to that in a minute. But what I really wanted to do with this film is, you know, maintain the spirit, but kind of modernize it a little bit. You've got the uh, Ricky, the kid that's sitting on his porch and just having his friends come over to watch his neighbors, which was funny in the first one. But I don't think it would really work, especially with people just not even talking to their neighbors nowadays. So I th the way I figured that he's actually a podcaster that does a podcast called Suburban Home, oh, where God. it's just telling stories <laughs> from his neighborhood of just the ridiculous nature of suburban, suburbanite culture, that right. kind of thing, as him being like the edgy kind of rock and roll is kid like, type dude. Now, is he making up stories about like his neighbors or is he just going on facts? Like, No, no, he's he's kind of doing the trying to figure out what exactly is happening in the neighborhood, who's cheating on who with yeah, what, okay. his wife and that kind of stuff. So he's already kind of in that mode when stuff starts going really dark in the neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, so what ends up kind of piquing the interests of uh, everybody else is they're starting to notice stuff weird happening in the neighborhood. And one of them ends up talking to, uh, to Ricky, who's like, you need to listen to my podcast. And they're like, yeah, yeah, Ricky, we need to listen to your podcast, whatever. And he's like, no, like 
follow me and he's compiled like a yarn thing of the stuff that's been happening lately, disappearing animals and stuff in the neighborhood. And like, he's, oh, shit. he's been really paying a lot of attention. Yeah. And, uh, and so they get sucked into it where they're starting to p- put pieces together. And that's what starts the like obsession over this new family that moved in, which, uh, is definitely going to be, I'm going to lean on the whole like immigrant family. Oh, okay. <laughs> wait, uh, wait, is one of them going to be wearing a Magna hat or? Uh, well, there, there's going to be a little bit of that. Um, and we, I've got the character for it perfectly. I think I already know the character. Yeah, 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 clearly. But what's the big twist is going to be from the original is that at the end when there's the car crash that like pops the hood and you see all the skeletons and stuff. Um, what's going to end up being is that it's not actually the immigrant family, but it's his buddy Art whose car gets busted open. And the reason why they'd picked up in that week is because his wife went away to, with, uh, ah. uh, with her mother and he stayed home because he didn't want to, he was sick because he didn't want to spend a week with his wife, but it was really because he could move on some of his wants to do in the neighborhood while they were away. Cause she was huh. an overbearing type wife. Yeah. So, it, <laughs> and he's the one kind of pushing the podcast stuff f- from, uh, from Ricky. He's the one kind of pushing me like, yeah, them, them, just pushing it all on them when he's the real one that's like a psycho. Nice. That is definitely a different take on it. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel kind of slack. I just was like, yeah, the family's killers. And you're just <laughs> like, actually, what a twist. Well, that way you can make a commentary about kind of like the demonization of immigrant families. And I feel like, especially in this political environment right now, right, being like the creepy immigrants in the neighborhood, not really a great. <laughs> way to approach it so yeah if you put it on its head that the real the real enemy is is you know the one you don't expect kind of thing then i do appreciate that both of our takes where in the original it's you know mainly you know ray and art that kind of do everything and both of our takes were like no it's the fucking teenager yep. that's the one that picks up on this shit like because i i think most of the a lot of the movies we watch is that teenager that has to convince the adults and that's kind absolutely of the way we kind of went with that well also i'm gonna very much lean in on the whole trope of suburbanites being like zombies that just kind of go about their day-to-day and are just kind of like stuck in their own little stuff and so a lot of the stuff is not even pick, being picked up on until they're tuned into it yeah. you know until they're told to direct them their attention towards it and that's when everything starts getting all kooky <laughs> so so, uh, no, I, I, I like your take, um, and I like that, yeah, keeping it with the kid as being more of a focus, yeah, yeah. definitely more fun. And, again, the, all the adults that go in there with them, they still think he's full of shit. Yeah, They're just like, yeah. all right, we'll do this, but, you know, you're going to fucking owe us, like, you know, whatever, when we come back out and we've just tried to like, ha, 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 yeah, there's nothing, oh, there's a femur. Yeah, yeah that, that's yep. the, the, like, oh, crap, there might be something to this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So... For your director, for your real take, the one you think might work for a reboot or remake. Now, are you reimagining or just a just kind of a remake? I mean, it's pretty much a reimagining. Okay. I mean, like, yeah, this is going dark, and I mean, it's it's got a lot of fucking badass deaths in it. Okay, so, yeah. So, who's um, your director? Well, I thought of someone who took a property that I wouldn't say is a comedy, but it's very the original too you know, have a lot of kind of silly stuff in it, but it's still kind of labeled a horror movie um, and took that property and made it a straight up horror movie. And I'm talking about um, the Evil Dead series. Okay. The, the director that directed the remake of that. Okay. And coincidentally, I, as I was writing this down, realized I also picked the director who did a movie kind of like what I'm describing and don't breathe. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, 
Alvarez. Um, I'm trying to think what his first name is. Fadi Alvarez, I believe. Fadi Alvarez. Yeah. Someone's okay. gonna someone's gonna correct me on there. But... Oh, I'm sure. But I was definitely astounded by the Evil Dead remake. And that's the thing I was thinking about is is that I mean, again, the original Evil Deads aren't comedies, but there's a lot of kind of silliness to it and playful. And that sure. that remake is goddamn hardcore. Oh, it's shit. super fucking hardcore. Yeah. So I think you go into the purpose like, oh yeah, that silly Tom Hanks movie. No, not this time. Because <laughs> there is that like edge of malice in the original Burbs that it just kind of teeters on the edge of. It Pretty never much. fully jumps right into it, but it, it's right on that brink. Let's just say we see the trunk full of skulls and bones, but we don't see what happened. When also they never that. really get into the reason. Yeah. The reason for the skulls. Like, why are they murdering people and throwing them in their oven? Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's, there's Besides, no explanation. You know, looking at good real estate. I mean, the doctor kind of is like, we like the house and they wouldn't sell, so we fucking killed them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's about your only motivation. Yep. There's no other motivation. And, and in my take, their motivation is is they just get off, like, killing mother, going into these suburban neighborhoods and just killing motherfuckers and then getting the fuck out of Dodge before anything comes, like, before cops show up. Yeah. You know, they got cell phone blockers, signal blockers, shit like that. So they've got everything set up. Once you're in that house, you don't leave. Fair enough. Now, uh, for for mine, I wanted to go with a director that can do both the funny and the dark. So I went with, and this was kind of an on-the-nose choice here, but I, I came up with some really good casting that went along with this director really well, so it, it was just kind of a no-brainer to get James Gunn in there to do a Burbs. Damn, I mean, damn that, it, why did I think of that yeah, one? I mean, that's super on-the-nose. It, it's perfect for him, because you look at his films like Super where it's a combination of just, like, the wild and weird mm-hmm. mixed with, like, real life at the same time. Slither, the same deal, oh, where man, it, yeah. it would be so beautiful to see him just take do a slither approach to the burbs. Yeah. Because that's tonally kind of perfect for what I want from the burbs, where it's dark and it's, like, fucked up. But it's also incredibly funny. Yeah. And I also, I also just watched Slither <laughs> the other night, so... And even the stuff he has directed, he's produced, is kind of along that. Uh, what's the one, the office killing one? Belko Experiment. Yeah. Yeah, which is also really dark and yeah, funny. But and... has some moments that are, that are funny that kind of catch you off guard. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Because it, it leans super hard onto the intense moment and then breaks it all of a sudden. And it's beautiful kind of just yeah. like, putting no, on I the brakes of the scene. I agree with that choice. That's good. All right, so we've got our serious director choices. Now we've got our cast. So for your casting, uh, let's just kind of go down the main characters for our serious take. So yours is uh, that butchered name of the director of uh, Evil Dead and Don't Breathe. Yeah. And I've got James Gunn. Who do you have for Ray, who was originally Tom Hanks? All right, I went with someone who's known more for their comedic stuff, but has done some serious stuff, Bill Hader. Oh, that's, oh, fuck, that's yeah. really good. Why did I not, that's perfect. I'm mad. And it almost sets you up, and a, a few of my choices, it's more people that you relate to with comedy, and this movie is definitely not a comedy. So, it's almost like I, I cast would, it to fuck with people going into this movie, like, oh, it's going to be silly, like the first burps. Nope. I want to give Bill Hader some multifaceted roles as well, because what he's done with Barry is just incredible, just to see him God kind damn. of play in that space and just get a little bit weirder with it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, th- I think he absolutely has the. I mean, seeing him in it was incredible. Some of the best performances are by these people that you just go, "Oh, they're they're comedians," and it's like, no, no, Bill Hader. I mean, Jason Bateman in Ozarks. Um, yep. Like 
Um, I mean, Brian Cranston, like, you know, Malcolm Middle's dad before he was Walter White. Like, well, it, with Jason Baseman, uh, Bateman, and Ozarks, he directed a number of those episodes as well. He fucking and won this year with that shit. And he's going to be directing the new Clue movie with Ryan Reynolds. No, and he's going to be in it as well. I was thinking of Jason Bateman being the director of this one, and I was really looking at that, and I went, no, because I'm going to use him in a million other films coming moving forward. Yeah, this is he would do well with it, but I going to save him for later. (laughs) But yeah, Jason Bateman, he's impressive. Yeah, being able to jump between. So, yeah, you've got Jason Bateman as oh no, you've got Bill Hader as as Ray, right? Okay. Um, for mine, I decided because James Gunn and I could see it's around the right age, it makes sense to throw Chris Pratt in there Okay, as, uh, as Ray. I was like, is it going to be Nathan Fillion or Nathan Fillion? I was considering, but he's just a little too old now. Yeah. Like, because you want a kind of a younger couple. You you don't want to go too, too aged out. Yeah. I feel like Bill Hader and Chris Pratt are kind of close to that same age. So they're not too far. I think Bill Hader is a little older than Chris Pratt. Yeah. But yeah, Nathan Fillion, like he's in his like late forties, early fifties at yeah. this point, which I could see as almost any of the other neighbors in in this, but not for the main cast. You don't want the main characters to be like a younger couple. So, uh, speaking of uh, the the other neighbors, uh, the next one that I have up here is Rumsfeld, Mark Rumsfeld, who's the military dude, the uh, the what was it, Bert from Tremors, like that character, yeah, the the guy that has all the guns and has all the paramilitary stuff. Uh, that was originally played by Bruce Dern, the amazing, impeccable actor Bruce Dern, in this weird, silly comedy. Yeah, just and military dude with a hot ass wife, and he nailed the shit out of it. Yeah, I mean, he did a great job. So, who do you have for your Mark Rumsfeld? Josh Brolin. Oh, okay, all right. Because um, he can do. Obviously, he's done some comedy, but. He can play that like hard nosed military dude. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, he was my first choice for that. Okay. Mine is uh, kind of a no brainer as well with James Gunn being in the play. And this is definitely going to be a MAGA hat wearing type dude uh, in this situation. That's This is the MAGA neighbor. Oh, gosh. Uh, and of course, Michael Rooker as Rumsfeld would be so much oh, fun. Oh, God. I could see that. Yeah. Hey, kids. Hey, kids. <laughs> hey, no, there's something going on over there. There's something on. <laughs> What's going on? I was thinking specifically about the scene where he's set up with the gun on his roof. Yeah. And the kids like spook him and he ends up falling off the roof and shooting the window out of a car. Rooker's so goddamn crazy in life. You don't even really have to write his lines. No. Just just tell him what he is. Because I watched him at at one of the Q&As one time and he was half lit and didn't give a fuck. The kid that played, uh, what's his name, Carl, sitting next to him. He didn't give her two shits about that. He just went all... He, and I feel like this, you're like, all right, Rooker, this is who you are. And you don't need any lines. Just play off of that. Yes. Yeah. He's fucking crazy. And I've loved Michael Rooker before he got kind of adopted by James Gunn mm-hmm. uh, from Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. And of course, Mallrats as well. Oh, yeah. That's that's my first exposure was Cliffhanger and Mallrats. Oh, Cliffhanger too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, that Tom Cruise uh, NASCAR movie. Oh God, Days of Thunder! Yeah. Jesus, yeah. I I don't even remember him that in that. I think I've seen that movie once or twice a long time ago. He's, so he's uh whatever Cole Crystal, where the fuck is Tom Cruise's name is? He's his arch nemesis. Yeah, bald ass <coughs> Michael Rooker. <laughs> so I think he would be super fun wearing a MAGA hat and having all the guns and I just could being totally like the, see that. the the really in your face neighbor that's trying to start shit. You know, yeah. 
All right, next neighbor that we have coming up is Art, uh, who is the, the kind of the, the instigator neighbor. He's the one that's starting shit. In my version, he's the actual killer. Yeah. Um, besides when he's leading a movie, I've noticed a couple times they insert him into movies as kind of the quick comic relief. Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. again, and just put him in anything. He's so fucking I'm just funny. Saying, I just, just watching Hobbs and Shaw recently. And they just were like, here, we'll just put him in for like 10 minutes of comic relief. And he never left the dining room. You know, that was like a three-hour shoot that he was yeah. there for. Because he was be the perfect. director of Deadpool uh, 2. Yep. Oh, did yeah. Hobbs and Shaw. So that's why he popped in there. Yeah. And uh, y'all, that'd be super fun. And him and Bill Hader bouncing off of each other would Again. be I, it would be too funny, I think. It would be almost too much. And that's the thing is everybody going into this would be like, oh, this is obviously comedy. That's kind of what I, I almost want to fuck with the audience. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, the Burbs? These two comedians? Yeah. It's like going to see the movie Buried that Ryan Reynolds was in. Yeah. And then it's just exactly. him, like, suffocating to death in he's a coffin. He's not so funny when he's being buried alive. Yeah, it's super know. weird how that's not funny at all. Jesus. <laughs> now, I, now I just want to see Bill Hader and Ryan Reynolds in a comedy together. Yeah. Just to, like, go in prepared to be in pain from laughing too much. They wouldn't even give him a script. They'd just be like, go. Just go. <laughs> just, yeah. We'll make it up along as we go. Just Crack jokes in front of a green screen will create everything else around it. So for my art, the real killer, the nagging uh, members only jacket wearing neighbor, that <laughs> awkward neighbor that just you know hates his wife and it ends up being a serial killer. It was joked about as being a theory in The Office, the Scranton, uh, Scranton Strangler, that might have been this character or the character that this dude plays, uh, Rain Wilson, who played Dwight in The Office. He looks like a serial killer. Mm -hmm. He can totally play the naggy neighbor. Now, you don't make him quite as dark as Dwight and quite as weird as that. You make him more friendly than that in this. So it's kind of a, a mix between, I don't know, his role in The Rocker <laughs> versus... Uh... Have you seen Cooties? Oh, Cooties. Very close to that. Yeah, because yeah. he plays yeah. that kind of asshole, like, know-it-all, but, you know, just kind of throwing a front up there. Yeah. So. But you make him like genuinely scared of his wife and you make him kind of like just just off enough where he's nice enough and everybody gets along with him fine. But there's definitely something happening. Yeah. And you throw Rain Wilson in there directed by James Gunn. Boom. There you go. You're off to the races. Now we're at uh, Ricky, who it takes a much bigger role in both of our versions. Right. Which is funny you say a bigger role because uh, in my version, Ricky's uh, not as in shape as, say, uh, Corey Feldman was okay. in the original. So I had... Two different actors, and you could go either way. I think just because, and both of them made impressions in the movies, but um, Julianne Dennison, who was in Deadpool 2. Oh, the kid? The kid. Oh, he's funny as shit. He was also in Hunt for the Wilder People, which yeah. was amazing. Or you could do, I mean, I know this sounds sad. I'm like, you would pick which fat kid you want. Or uh, Jacob Battalion, who was in Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home. Oh, he's great, too. That's oh, what I'm saying. Yes, excellent. So one of those two, I couldn't decide, so I'm just going to throw them both out there. But a mm, little bit heavy set kid. Just but, kinda... And they definitely are going to play it a little bit differently. Like the mm -hmm. kid from Deadpool is going to be a lot more kind of in your face. Like he knows what's up. He's a badass kind of attitude. Yeah. Whereas the one from Spider-Man is going to be more just the goofy LARPing guy. that was the guy. problem I had is that. Like, I want, like, do I want the kid from Deadpool 2 who's throwing out F-bombs and, like, doesn't give a fuck? Or do I want the kid from Spider-Man Homecoming who has the great shocked face? Yeah. Like, so you go one way or the other. So that's why we got to I think either way that would be a pretty good yeah. time. Yeah. That would be fun. For me, I wanted that, like, 
partying teenager kind of tone to it. I wanted to give it kind of that classic, almost 80s feel to the character as well. Just the like kid that's, you know, thinking pump up the volume is kind of, which came out <laughs> within a year or two of the Burbs. Yeah, I was going to say right around the it's same like time. It was like 90 or 91, I think, is when pump up the volume came out. So, I think 90. Yeah, so it was like right in that area of the Burbs. So I wanted to do basically kind of a version of what if Christian Slater's character in was <laughs> was in the suburbs that the Burbs are taking place in and who would play a modern Christian Slater with that 80s kind of tone as the the neighbor, you know, as the Corey Feldman character yeah. in the Burbs. So I'm kind of mashing up a couple different inspirations. I went with uh, Joe Keery from Stranger Things. All right. From uh, the 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 older uh, the babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the boys. He's that's got completely. That's funny. Cause I debated about him and that too. So he, I, he's got the look. I mean, he, he's got very much kind of a Corey Feldman kind of look, right? Like a, or eighties Corey Feldman look, not nowadays. No, no, wow, no, that'd no, be a yeah. lot. And yeah, he's charismatic. He's well-spoken. He, he's got comedic timing. I think he would do really well in that role. So, uh, now we've, we've got a couple different choices here. Uh, you, did not go with Carol, the wife, um, uh, Ray Peterson's wife, but you did go with, um, who else did you cast? Oh, you casted all three of the weirdos, right? The weirdo, the weirdo family. Yeah. So let me go with Carol and then you can go into your, uh, the, the, the Werner or the Klopex. Yeah. Klopex. So for Carol, originally played by one, oh, Carrie Fisher. Mm. Be still my heart. I always forget she's in that movie till I watch yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And she's just stunning in it. And it's she's... a late '80s Carrie Fisher that end up in like that, and when Harry met Sally, yeah, and all these like random like movies that you would expect her to be in. Yeah, I was like Princess Leia. Okay, yeah. cool. And when Harry met Sally, all right, it's weird flex. So I wanted classically beautiful, uh, very matter of fact, uh, you know, strong woman, but not hard ass necessarily. Just. Someone that would be like a good, down to earth, intelligent wife person for for the main for one of the main dudes, Ray. You know, so we got Chris Pratt. I thought it would be fun to see what Elizabeth Banks could do. Um, ver- Man, across you from... are leaning on that James Gunn. Oh yeah, yeah. very much. Yeah, because she was in Slither, <laughs> uh, of course. So she, you know, James Gunn absolutely knows how to. Yeah, I'm leaning super fucking hard on this. You know what's funny is if I did have to cast it, you know, who I'd throw in that role, huh? Princess Leia did the first one. Natalie Portman. Have Natalie Portman. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not bad. Yeah. And that'd be a nice little kind of like nod. Yeah. Nice. Now, I've got uh, Dr. Werner and Hans Klopek. Now, you have a third Klopek. That's the... Uh, Ruben? Ruben. Yeah. Yes, Ruben. So, as Dr. Klopek, um, I want somebody who... I'll be honest. I've, I've been marathoning the shit out of this, getting ready for the uh, movie, but... Um, Jonathan Banks, who plays Mike on Breaking Bad, who just has that stare that could fucking like tear you down. Okay, so that's the doctor, right? The, yep, the okay. doctor. So the main guy. Yeah. Because if you've anybody's ever watched Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, uh, that character Mike is just fucking badass, and you just don't even want to question anything he says because nice. he gives you that stare, and that's it. It's over. Um, you want to do the other ones, or do you want to do your doctor? No, I'll do. My, I got my doctor right. Werner. Uh, for Dr. Werner Klopek, I had to go with the classic evil German <laughs> character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think just really camp it out real hard with James Gunn directing it. Just lean super hard into like all the, especially because they're not the killers. 
I wanted to go super creepy. Right. Like, just go super ham-handed with it. <laughs> so it just kind of lays into more why these dudes are thinking this and why it's so much funnier at the end that it's not them. Uh, so, of course, Udo Kier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> go with the classic creepy German guy. When you guy. say creepy German, I just inserted him into this <laughs> yeah. already. Like, like, oh, yeah, I... yeah. No, of course. Yeah, of course. okay. Oh, yeah, creepy German. Yeah. So for Hans, who do you have, which is the, the ginger German? Yeah, <laughs> which I went completely not ginger, but someone who uh, can play sketchy pretty well. Uh, Adam Driver. Oh, yeah, he can. Oh, man, that'd be so much fun. In a serious version, yeah. too. Wow. And, uh, the, re- the reason I even thought about that is Saturday Live did the um, the undercover boss version with uh, Kylo Ren. Oh, right. And he was wearing the weird glasses and looked just fucking weird as shit. And I just took that just wear that same costume and there you go there's hans that's so. amazing <laughs> i dig it and tall as fuck too that's yep. a tall dude i uh because james gunn <laughs> gotta do it i'm absolutely to have list to of who you haven't had in there yet uh, i mean it's it's it, he's in everything that J- james gunn has ever done because it's his fucking brother i was i was about to say are you sean gunn yep i mean you gotta do it and, yeah. and he's young enough and awkward enough he could totally play the oh completely yeah he could super play that role and uh i mean there's not a lot of speaking lines he would just have to stand there and be awkward so I think, yeah i don't think hans has any speaking lines in the original no, he says uh, it came with the frame, I think, when the picture oh, gets okay. knocked over. So, yeah, I think he could possibly nail that. Yeah, I think he's got that. So. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so got to do Sean Gunn. It's a James Gunn joint, so yeah. you got to throw him in there. And uh, you have one more. Oh, yeah, the, uh, Ruben, who um, doesn't really, the actor playing this wouldn't really resemble the original at all, but Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, okay. Yes. Just, like, get that kind of, like, you know, manic, like that uh, natural born killers kind of crazed look in him okay like you wouldn't see him till they're trapped in the house then that Woody Harrelson comes out okay you know the one that we're getting taunted by the end of Venom as him playing Carnage oh right that Woody Harrelson okay yeah they're like oh he's gonna murder us yeah the one that's just like time to have fun that guy (laughs) okay yeah so we ran through the uh, our real choices pretty quickly, but a lot of these are like well known actors that there's not a whole lot of explanation. It makes sense, you exactly. know. You can see I the, think the reasoning. The only one I threw out there was the dude that's in a TV show primarily with Jonathan Banks, and you know anybody that's watched Breaking Bad knows exactly where I'm exactly. Going with that. Yeah, yeah. So now we are left to our remix, remix, which I will again state that I would love a little jingle to play before we do the remix. So if anybody wants to throw some music our way for our uh, remix, you know, just want to get Kyle next to when you have Kyle on, just have him sing a song. About no, remixes. we've already hey, we're only running, we're running that into the ground on GUI. <laughs> so it's about time we get to that five year. We got to think of something. Yeah. Right. Did realize that a lot of networks don't actually mention things that they mentioned on other shows in the network. So we're basically doing the multiverse version of podcasting <laughs> right now. So uh, we've got our, our funny versions. And uh, is there anything that you're going to be doing differently with the plot for your for your remix version? Oh, completely. Okay. So yeah. what are you doing with this one? With uh, my remix kind of sillier one. Um, pretty much it's going to be kind of a, I guess, more of a Tucker and Dale scenario where... Where in the my you know hardcore one, this one, this weird ass family shows up, and these all these neighbors not as organized, more of a one on one kind of start investigating and keep accidentally killing themselves different ways, and so this family that's not a group of murderers 
keeps collecting bodies and trying to figure out what the fuck to do because they look guilty from the way they are. Mm-hmm. And so, and kind of like with Tucker Dale, they just keep collecting bodies over and over again. And so, and this isn't the first time it's happened. Okay. <coughs> so it just that kind of scenario where they're they're literally trying to keep the neighborhood from investigating them because they keep killing themselves in their house. So nice. So little Tucker Dale versus Evil. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's 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 plainly like that, but put it in a house in a setting where you know they're not doing anything but just being weird i know so for that for a tucker and dale versus evil approach to the burbs who do you have directing the uh the remix god damn it i struggle with this fucking name too so i'm just gonna show you and you can help me out because i don't want to oh, say it wrong take it with td yes. yes yes absolutely because this would be kind of like a documentary style okay so yeah so kind of tucker and dale but documentary style where they're you know obviously there's a crew and they they're supposed to be hush hush about it, but every time they're talking to them and they're they're like, oh, somebody came over dead. Well, see, it would make it would make sense for the kid um, to be the one from Deadpool in the Taika version because he was in Hunt for the Wilder People. There you go. All so right. that would make the most sense. There you, yeah. So there you go. There's yeah. your choice. All right. Yeah. Check. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> there you go, Taika. We cast the movie for you. So Taika Waititi doing kind of a documentary style version of the Burbs in the style of Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah. Yeah, we're they're just interviewing them. They're and it's not even that they're this family's admitting that they're serial killers, but they're just weird and just attract attention. And as the documentary's going on, they just keep getting people. Na- this neighborhood keeps investigating them and keeps getting people just killed. So kind themselves. of if if Taika Waititi was directing a documentary about Grey Gardens, but with weird German people, um, and then there's people just killing themselves on their property during the pretty much yeah okay because the family with the the weird family would be more kind of a goth like almost like an Adams family t- style. Okay, one. yeah, and then you're in this clean-cut suburban neighborhood where they just stick out like a sore thumb just because they're goth. Speaking of Adam's family, and we'll get to it with our mashups part, but there are so many things you can mash up with this just by being like the trope of like the weird neighbors. Mm -hmm. There's a million things you can do with this. So that leads to a lot of mashup opportunities. Uh, But for my remix version, I wanted to go a little darker than the original. I wanted to be kind of go in the direction of body horror. Okay. With it where them to actually figure out why they are burning people in the furnace. And it's basically kind of like to feed the ground the house is built on and go that way where there's like basically an amalgamation of all these different people's bodies that kind of become this like weird body monster um, that's that's growing uh, into the house. So they don't want to kill the people, they just but they have to feed the monster. Yeah, they have to feed the monster basically. Right. So that's kind of the I like thing. how both of our takes in this one, they're just innocent kind of in the in the in the environment they're in that they haven't created, but they've got to deal with they it. They got to deal yeah. with it. Yeah, for sure. So that that's my approach to it and the master of body horror, you know, you get in there to do it, uh one Cronenberg. Bring him back to his yeah. roots. Yeah. You got to Cronenberg the shit out. Oh, of that. Cronenberg the fuck out of it. So I'm Cronenberging real hard on my remix version. Yeah. <laughs> so there will be a couple choices that make the most sense for it for it. And uh so speaking of for Ray for your f- remix version, your Taika Waititi joint, what do we got for the main main dude? And that's the funny thing is in this version, the creepy family is almost the main characters and these neighbors are the kind of I wouldn't say cameos but kind of supporting characters. So, but I went through and still kind of picked out for this style movie went with Ray Simon Pegg. Nice. Okay. I, uh, oh God. Yeah. Perfect. He would have so much fun in that role too, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure I have no doubt that Simon Pegg loves the burbs. Yeah. 
Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, for me, I got Ray, who is more of a main character. And this is an actor that I'm warming up to a little bit. And he's going to be in The Lighthouse uh, later this year. Or is it this year or next year that The Lighthouse comes out? But also was in two Cronenberg uh, films that I have not yet seen. We've got Maps to the Stars and Cosmopolis uh, that he's in. And we're talking about Robert Pattinson. All right. So he's already worked okay. with Cronenberg before. He's around the right age. He's got kind of a darker tone to him, which I want it to be more seriously driven. You know, yeah. it's not quite as comedic acting because I don't see Robert Pattinson being able to comedically act. No, no, no. He, he doesn't look like he has a funny <laughs> bone in his body. So, uh, yeah. So just playing it super straight the whole time. Just as like you're straight, man. Absolutely. Right. Like just not just completely straight. Then we've got Rumsfeld. Uh, who do you got for Rumsfeld for your version? Funny enough. You listed him on yours already, but Rain Wilson. Oh wow! Okay, kind of going with that that character again from Cooties, but just you know, instead of being the uh, hardcore, I used to play football, gym coach, but just that hardcore. I was a soldier for like, you know, thirty days and whatever, and like just reliving. So you could that. basically the character Nick Frost plays in the Spaced. Yeah. Okay. For, yeah. Exa- <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, like, okay. He was in the reserves, and that to him that was like I served the country, and you know, just like overblowing and his whole house is decked out sure yeah. yeah he's got a tank in the frank front yard that you know he saved before on ebay and shit oh jesus <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> okay with me it's a no-brainer uh for rumsfeld it's grunberg flick this dude can play real intense and i could see him as like an ex-military dude that's like kind of fucked up and uh it's just buying into all the craziness that's going uh vigo mortensen all right yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> one does not simply walk into your neighbor's basement uh Seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't fuck with that motherfucker. No, fuck no. So, uh, yeah, Viggo Mortensen for Rumsfeld. Now uh, we've got Art is the next one up. This is the nosy neighbor, the the dude that's starting a bunch of shit. This is, was the easiest one of any of my casting. Yeah. If I've got someone, pe- Peg is Ray. Nick Frost. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to. See, I wanted the kind of neurotic neighbor for this role, uh, especially being like a Cronenberg flick. Is that I wanted you to really kind of lean in on the fact that I do not like this guy. Uh, and this is the one where he's not actually the serial killer. He's a, just the nosy neighbor that's like starting shit and it's just a mess. And yeah. somebody that plays a mess really well. Uh, one Paul Giamatti. There you go. Yeah, I think he would nail that pretty well. Just him wandering around in a bathrobe talking about the, there's something fucked up with the neighbors. I could totally see it. Oh, yeah. I totally see him from... Uh... Fucking was it sideways or whatever? Sideways, and I was thinking also uh, uh, American Splendor as well. God damn, yeah, yeah. God damn, I forgot that. Yeah, him. man, he's, he's so, so good, good in that. that. Yeah, and that's a movie that does not get nearly enough appreciation. Well, nowadays it did when it first came out. Yeah, a lot of people forgot about that film though. It's weird to think back to when he was just pig vomit and fucking in pig vomit, in yeah. Parts. And then from there, like Academy Award nominated actor, <laughs> yeah, pig, right. vomit. <laughs> pig vomit, pig <laughs> vomit. Now, uh, you've got, uh, well, I've got Carol, which, um, you know, Ray's wife. And for that, it's going to be Robert Pattinson. I, I thought Emma Roberts would be a nice kind of balance to Robert Pattinson. Somebody's been watching American Horror Story. Maybe. I do not like this new season. I actually do. Um, I've only seen the first three episodes so far. If you take it with, with the approach they're having and not caring too much, yeah. But that's for another episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so far it's just kind of like it's leaning on all the 80s tropes, but they're not doing anything terribly creative with it just yet. So there's a lot of things that you have to. If, again, I'm looking at this as a Fast and Furious like version of an 80s horror movie where you okay. just take the brain out and go, 
let me see some cool kills and not worry about fair enough the like minuscule possibility of everything that happens all in this one place because <laughs> okay. it could hurt your brain if you think about that too no much. shit it's just piling everything on together yeah which i mean i guess we are kind of doing that as well in this <laughs> uh this version here so yeah i've got uh emma roberts now we're going to the creepies which are the main cast for you on this version right yep so who do you got for your creepies just run down the list all right well it's you know somebody that's worked with uh the director in the past Jermaine Clement. Okay. Yeah. All right. As as the doctor, you know, kind of the main dude. I can see him standing there with the the leather apron on, just like the vinyl apron, yeah. like with his hands folded, like um, you know, oh look, we have company. Yeah, just that creepy fucking. Just the way he talks sometimes is fucking awesome. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I, I think he would be the perfect like kind of lead the main like head of the family. He's got a massive mouth which he uses to come off as very awkward sometimes in yeah. the best way. Now, Ruben, I, I honestly, I, I went with um, on this one uh, who I thought he would look like more than anything else. Uh, and he hasn't got any gigs in a while. And I think you just need to unleash him on, to the world again. Uh, fucking Gary Busey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the uh, the Ruben in the original just looks like a like a short style, like a Danny DeVito midget version yeah. of so, uh, Gary Busey. Like, Jermaine kind of trying to keep. Gary Busey in line just seems fucking hilarious <laughs> to me, especially when there's people that are killing themselves and like you know just again you barely have to write a script for gary Busey. just let him fucking let him do just, his thing let him do his thing absolutely and he's the crazy part of the family member who doesn't murder people but you think he would yeah, yeah. for sure and then you got uh hans, hans. left uh with that two different ways you've got gary in there his son needs a gig his son was just in stranger things yeah jake Busey. You know, okay. just throw him in there. It's nice. Not the younger, you know, little sketchy one. But I also went with, um, besides that, uh, Jesse Pleeman, who is Todd in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Who, um, anybody familiar, he looks sort of like Matt Damon, but if Matt Damon kind of like, like got hit with a shovel one time. <laughs> okay. So has that kind of weird, awkward face and, you know, doesn't say a lot, but says so much with the way he reacts and stuff. Okay. Now, the choices for Ricky, was that your choices that you were going to use either or mm. for both versions? Do you have a different actor for... I have a different actor. Okay. I have Finn Wolfhard. Okay. Because, again, why not? And this one is completely... I'm throwing F-bombs out. I don't give a fuck. And I use exactly from his character in the first Hit movie. Sure. Yeah. So... Which he was brilliant. And just seeing him go from Finn Wolfhard to Bill Hader in... It made complete it, sense. It made total sense. Yeah. You could absolutely see it. That was great. Uh, for my Ricky, I wanted a darker character, a kid that's like standing there watching kind of something supernatural happening in his neighborhood and nobody's really believing hit him as to what's going on, that kind of role. And you now he's getting a little bit up there in age. I think he's still, he's, he looks young enough that he'd be able to pull it off. Uh, and he's, and he's got the creeps. He's got that kind of creepy vibe about him. Ezra Miller. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was the flash. He was in perks of being a wallflower. He's a uh, big he... say the flash. I haven't seen the other ones. So. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was in, uh, the, uh, fantastic beasts movies or movie. The first one as the kid, the kid that yeah, fucks you, shit up. You had to say flash. I haven't watched those either. Oh, so okay. I'm right. kind of slacking all that. All right. Fair enough. I know. I know. I catch so much shit for not watching those fantastic beast movies. So the first one's really fun. The second one does exist. So, um, that's, you know, a thing. like, the Johnny Depp with the pube stash. Like. Oh my god, the pube stash and the bleach blonde hair. <laughs> That's oh what I'm god. 
I I always want to watch it just for that, but I should probably watch the first one. He, he looks he looks one. like a NASCAR dad that's trying to be cool going to a lit concert. Yeah, just not. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you're not selling me on that. Yeah, no. <laughs> so yeah, um, so Ezra Miller for Ricky for my uh, David Cronenberg version of it. So that's our casting for this. Now this leads us into our mashups. All right. And you had already mentioned the Adams family. Adams family or the Munsters would be a beautiful mashup of them being the creepy family that moves in yeah yeah it would work perfectly it would work super perfectly especially if they just like open it up and it's like what are all these bones and like oh that's just aunt martha and then one of the skulls just starts talking and then ha 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 the end (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's kind of a no-brainer i was also thinking any kind of rear window kind of approach to it could work whether it be rear window or disturbia or any of those We'll just say rear window. So. Yeah, not Disturbia. <laughs> We're not going to go that route. But no, that's that's perfect. Where someone sees all the shit happen and is just unable to sell anybody to go investigate that. Sure. You know? Just that torturous thing where you're like, I saw a fucking knife come out. Yeah, of course you did, you know. Well, that's a trope that's been used in so many movies where it'd be, you know, terror at 20,000 feet with the thing on the wing where it's like, I saw it. Sure you did, mister. Yeah. That's too fantastical. Nobody. It's been used countless times in so many movies as the one person that is actually seeing things for what is uh, there's Fran Krantz's character, the stoner in cabin in the woods where he sees things happening and nobody's believing him. Yeah. You know, there's where he, he the stoner is the one of like the, it makes complete sense. Like, you know, we should split up. He's like, oh, why would that make, that sense? wouldn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. We shouldn't do that. Or like, Oh, Oh, the wind blew that open. That's not something wind. Does. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and again, he's a stoner. So he's making the most sense. And they're like, what the fuck dude? Yeah. He called you a nerd. Yeah. He's here on an academic scholarship. I don't understand. <laughs> So it, it's a trope for a reason, though. It helps very much continue to continue the plot. It informs the viewer of what's actually happening without informing the people in the film. What if we just threw in Cabin in the Woods as a mashup? And this is the way the government does population control is they insert this family in there to kind of clear out neighborhoods but to not sacrifice to pretty much the yeah. older gods. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of keep it casual. And they like these, these, this family is just agents of the government and they're fucked up and everything. And they've been trained on how to kill and torture people. And they just insert them into these neighborhoods and then just clear out. Oh, the I fucking love that. It's like a little satellite office of the DMV where it's mm-hmm. just like way off. You know, if it's farther away from the sacrificial lands of, for the old gods, it's just like the satellite office that people there are just like even more hateful about it. They're just not into it at all. Yep. They're just like, fuck. <laughs> it's like punching a clock. They don't even care. So <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, you can also do uh, Edward Scissorhands, the same kind of approach. There you go. Where it's, it's suburban neighborhood, weirdo moves in kind of deal. Um, and I would very much appreciate just inserting Edward Scissorhands into all the scenes with the creepy Germans just to see how it would work. <laughs> Sardine. See, we're back like... to be nice to Johnny Depp after this, <laughs> this porn weird pube stash thing. So. Oh, God, it was so bad. So those are the mashups. We are getting now down to the nitty gritty where we've got, unless you've got any other mashup ideas. I think that's about it. So. We could probably go on forever with the mashups, but I think now it's time for us to get into the trailers. Now, I am think the James Gunn version is going to be a lot more fun for me to do. So I'm going to do that. Which version are you going to do? Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna do the more fucked up one. So okay, yeah, all right. But so, um, we can sell it however we want, right? Yeah, all right, absolutely. Good. So let me cue up the music. Ray Peterson just wanted to spend a nice, quiet week with his wife in a staycation. 
but thanks to his buddy Art, that wasn't gonna happen. Join Ray, Art, and their militant friend Rumsfeld as they discover a plot of murder in the Burbs. Coming to a theater near you this fall. All right. So that's, <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you're doing your fun one, right? Is that what you said? I'm doing my serious one, but in a, fun, in a fun, fun way. Yeah, okay. Because right. fuck it, why not? Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Meet Ray. He's on a stay vacation, and he's having the time of his life with his friend, Art. They're going to have a great time until their neighbor Ricky gives them a little information they really don't want to know. Check out the Weird Neighbor House. Them and their buddy Rumsfeld are all going to gather together, check that out, and then learn the true meaning of pain. That's right. Once they enter the house, they never leave. People say vacation can be torture, and this time, it's for real. <laughs> From the director of Evil Dead and Don't Breathe, The Burbs, starring Bill Hader and Ryan Rose. You have the time of your life. Rock in the suburbs this fall. <laughs> Again, I just want people to watch that and be like, wait, wait, what the fuck is that? And just know just them investigating with flashlights, but they just go into it and then it's a complete fucking Just a movie. hard turn? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that would be kind of amazing to yeah. have that hard turn. That'd be so fun. <laughs> uh, speaking of fun, this was a lot of fun revisiting a movie that I hadn't seen in a couple years, but really holds up so well. Fuck it's yeah. so much fun. So go enjoy the Burbs. Go check that out. And uh, and tell us what you think for your casting of, of the Burbs. Hit us up on our uh, social media. We got Smack My Pitch Up on Facebook. Or uh, or hit up Geeks on the Influences hotline, 804-505-4484. That's 804-505-4GY. Or email um, just at the Geeks on the Influence email at geeksontheinfluence at gmail.com. Uh, I'm like the Hobbit. Definitely come out and see us Sunday at Podoween for a creepy live version Whoa. of Smack My Pitch Up, as well as Booze Clues. Uh, and we'll see you here next week for another episode of Smack My Pitch Up. You just got pitch smacked. GUIPodcast.com. <laughs>